Hi, welcome to the third episode of Bottoms Up. My name's Tom. And my name's Ben, and this week we're talking about gay dating apps. But first... So we're going to try and mix it up with the My Goodies section, and we decided it would be good if we did like a blind taste test. Um, so Tom, close your eyes. My so eyes are closed. I'm gonna put this in your hand. I want you okay. to open the pack yeah. underneath your nose and I want you to describe the smell as soon as it hits you. So ASMR time, people. <laughs> so it smells savory. It smells like fish. <laughs> <laughs> Is me... it dried shrimps? No, no, let me pick a good one out for you. Okay. Too. It's a tiny pack, it's plastic. Oh, so I love a savory treat, by the way. Okay, I'm gonna pop two in your hand. Oh, it feels like crisp again. Mmm. Okay, it feels a bit like it's crumbs on my hand <laughs> afterwards. I imagine the color to be beige. Okay, I'm gonna bite it now. Oh, oh. <laughs> Does that contain something? It feels like a shell containing something. Oh. Um, Can you I know that. I know that. Mm. It's just mini crisps. Oh my god. Mm, kind mm. of. Um, is it bacon? It's bacon. You really get closer. You're closer. It's pork scratchings. So what? you can pork scratchings. So you can open your eye now. Oh. So it's basically. <gasps> oh. <laughs> <laughs> is it deep fried pork? It's deep fried pig skin. Oh. <laughs> so good. Wow. Mmm. Oh wow. Mm. Is it gonna clog my arteries? Yeah, they're really fatty and salty basically. Well, but like us, babe. <laughs> <laughs> they're like food that people eat in pubs. Mmm. With like a pint. And you know I love good uh, pub food. I'm obsessed with Wetherspoons <laughs> since I arrived in the UK. Yeah, I'm surprised you've not had any. Mmm. Like, yeah. It kind of like melts in then, your mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ooh, like, wow, you should give intense. them to like your family and friends yeah. when they, whenever they visit. I don't live in France. <laughs> what? Oh, you said. Oh my god. You said family and friends. Yeah, actually. not family in France. I understood family in France. Great. Okay, let's move on to the bottom line. The bottom line. Do you want to go first? So my bottom line is: Have you seen? Um, Robbie Turner's Uber accident oh, story. Oh my god, I was actually thinking this might be mine. <laughs> Robbie Turner was a contestant of RuPaul's Drag Race. She was in season 8 and she tweeted the other day that she was in a Uber accident and that her driver died. Uh, and that she'd woke up like two days later at yeah. home <laughs> and she'd been in hospital. Yeah. And apparently, as you told me, she was saying, uh, oh, here are tickets for my show to buy. <laughs> um, the show must go on. Uh, but people of the internet were quite quick to catch Same that this. she was. <laughs> that she actually lied. Like, some people, like, actually called the police, like, cross-reference all the accident, like, car accident that happened in the area during that night. And actually, it didn't... It didn't match any of the records. Someone and Robbie Turner said that she had been to the hospital, but none of the hospitals have had any record of her checking in. And she was called out and she went on silence for a few days. Yeah, the management of the club where she was working said that she had to take a break. 
Oh, yeah. The gag of the season. The gag of the season is She's that. come back. She, come, she came back. She did that interview. Because as well, it got quite big. Like It got it, quite big in the gay community. I don't even think in the gay... Like, I'm. it was on, like, Google News and shit. Was it? Like, I'm pretty sure. Wow. I mean, I don't think it was on, like, the Daily Mail or the yeah. Guardian, but... Like... They had... That website had an interview with her mm. where she was saying that someone had slipped something in my drink. I lost uh i couldn't recollect anything that had happened during the night yeah she was saying basically i must that. have i think she was like i was wearing a hat and i slipped and <laughs> fell in the bar yeah and, and the interviewer was that wait did someone <laughs> put something in your drink or did you slip and fell in the bath wearing your hat and hit your head and she was saying both both <laughs> and she said as well that she didn't have any recollection of what happened so she she went to see a psychic that told her that she had been in a car accident. How oh, fucked up. It's fucking wild. It's quite sad, but like... Yeah, that was... That's why it was my bottom line, because poor girl. Mmm. Girl, get a grip. Yeah, good girl, girl, get a grip. People contacted Uber to ask, did that happen? Mm. And they were like, we know her, uh, but we we don't have mm-hmm. any report of that incident. Yeah. And then I saw Robbie someone t- be like, maybe it was Lyft. <laughs> <laughs> And she had to apologize publicly to Uber for <laughs> dragging the name oh. into a fake story. I saw on like Reddit, people are like trolling through her social media and being like, maybe this is a lie. Maybe this is a lie. <laughs> yeah. I quite liked her. I feel sad for her. The thing that I don't get is when she said, that's what she said. She, had, she said she had a really intense dream. Like when you woke up, would you not be like, was I in a car accident? I, she was like full on sure that it was two days and that this Uber driver had died. Like what? Like I, I, love I just it. think she wanted promo. To be honest, yeah. I, I don't believe once again that she had been confused by anything. Imagine getting the notifications coming through on your phone. Like, fuck! I really shouldn't have tweeted that. Why don't you come out and be like, I'm really sorry. I'm gonna go see a therapist. I know, right? Why come back and be like, I was drugged, had a really intense dream, <laughs> fell over in the bath with a hat, woke up two days later. Went to see a psychic. Like, what? Girl. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, that was my bottom line. Um, okay. What's your bottom line this mm. week? Mm. Um, I just want to say, fuck Kanye West and fuck the Kardashians. There's a reason why Jay and Beyonce never went to their wedding. There's a reason why Beyonce keeps Baby Blue away. <laughs> Kanye West and Kim Kardashian are trash and they're cancelled. Donald Trump's trash as well. Dude, that's all I want to say on the matter. <clears throat> Should we well, move on? Thanks for sharing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's transition to our main subject which is um, gay dating apps. Grinder, Scruff, Growler. I tried to make a list of all the ones I could remember. Daddy Hunt. I got Daddy Hunt, Recon. Squirt. Scrot. Squirt. Squirt. How do you say Oh, that? yes, Squirt. Squirt. What did you say? Squirt. No, I said Squirt. <laughs> okay. Always trying to clock me. When and how did you start dating? I didn't really date, to be honest, before apps. Then again, I don't know. When I was a kid, I was on like, social media accounts and there would be like, people that I would talk to online. I don't think it was necessarily dating or anything like that. Gaydar, maybe, when I was about 19. Mm. I don't know if... Was that some kind of dating website? Yeah, it's yeah. like a gay, gay social media website. But I never really met anyone off it. And then I met my first boyfriend through like your friends. And then after we broke up, that's when I started using apps to like actively date. I think before that, 
it wasn't so much that I was on there for, I don't think I had any intention of meeting anyone. I think it was more, I lived in a small town and explore, and that was the only means that I had, really. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Coming from an area that didn't have any gay, how do you say, any kind of place that gay, gay gay spaces. Being teenager was quite a thing to be on gay social media or dating websites. Mm. Yeah, coming from a remote play was the only way to feel like you had any kind of dating life. Even any connection to like the LGBTQ plus people. Yes. I remember for me, like that was the only way of talking to other people that I sort of identified with. Yeah, feeling isolated was really a thing. And the what, sorry? I felt really isolated, not being able to date. I would see my peers yeah. dating among each other yeah. I and mean, not being able to do so in a way so that was the way to do so uh, being a teenager that's part of gay culture like being on those kind of websites quite young when you see straight people going on tinder at like 20 25 yeah it's uh, part of like the gay experience to be like on or it was anyway like it yeah i think maybe our generation might be like the last of that maybe and um, very probably just because of how accessible apps are now but i didn't have a smartphone until Exactly, yeah. Until I was like 19, 20, I think. Did you go on the family computer on those websites? No, did I, you have my own, own? I had my own computer. Yeah, so like when you started using apps, what did you use? I didn't really start until late because mm. I met my ex-boyfriend in a cruising area. Okay. Area? Oh, yeah, like a really <laughs> warm, um, area. steamy area. <laughs> Uh, yeah but at that point I was on dating websites Uh, so that was that was that kind of era of the Mm. gay dating moment yeah I remember I went on a few dates from people met on those dating websites it was really weird Uh, in my opinion it was really weird I think transition from chatting online Uh, especially since as a teenager you do not chat the same way when you're online than when you're with your other friends, those you, you would even have like different, different personality in a way. It felt a bit like a split personality. Yeah, sometimes. definitely. I think that's what I mean by it was kind of like, especially in the early days, it's more of like an exploration of who you are rather than you actively looking to date. And I think yeah. dating is a big part of finding, meeting people like sexually, romantically and yeah. intimately is a massive part of like people's growing experience. Absolutely. Um, so I think a lot of early dating on apps and even just talking to people on apps was a lot about me just talking to other gay people. A lot of time it was not even going to the romantic stage. It was yeah. just like chatting people with the same experience and just hoping they wouldn't know anyone you know. Yeah, totally. I had a few experiences chatting with people and starting to realize that we knew some people in common and it getting really quickly awkward, if not getting blocked directly. I remember I went on a date with someone who I'd met on bro and on the date i think it it maybe we'd like met after work on a friday or something like that and he was like new to the city and i was i was like oh what are you up to on the weekend and then he was like oh i'm going on a date with this guy tomorrow (laughs) full on like got his phone out i was like one why are you telling me this and then two it was like someone i worked with (laughs) and i was like right okay i'm never gonna see you again so that was going on apps and websites being a teenager Mm. 
But then I came back to it way later where, where I met actually my current boyfriend. But it was really different because being an adult, it wasn't a fetish app. So it's more about, it's less about flirting and so it's like quite straight to the point mm. basically. As it's really specialized in its target audience. Yeah, it's really, really different because you there's less uh, tiptoeing around, I would say. Yeah, and I guess it's quite easy to determine what people are looking for. Absolutely. Well, on a lot of apps, that's like a massive... Yes. That's one of the things that used to annoy me about being on apps. Like, yes, people are coming to each other, oh, what, uh, what you're looking for? Yeah. Like, oh, it's really complicated actually replying even that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So have you only u ever used that one app? Uh, no, no, I I've tried as well, like Grindr, which is like the pitfall of any any app uh i don't have, have you ever tried grinder i've tried like everything i feel like <gasps> grinder scroll jack hornet what are the differences i don't know well this is one of the things that i had down to talk about are all of these apps the same so like the I, I don't know how to describe it like the popular people on the app and all of these apps are always like mostly white men who are really conventionally like conventionally if that's like Indeed. the way of saying it attractive and I feel like that only one that kind of went against that in my own experience and where I had quite good conversations um, would be Growler I don't know why that is I think Scruff was a lot different before like pre-Drag Race as well oh yeah because Scruff is the one that is more aimed at bears and like more hairy guys yeah and they had a product placement on drag race yeah. at some point i feel like grinder was like the main one for ages and then scruff at, at least at the start was sort of that anti-grinder and it yes. sort of marketed it marketed itself as body positive and it was for the other it felt a lot more queer i think but i think that's like massively transformed or at least it was yeah and it evolved so quickly as well what app is in right now, what one is like in fashion, what... Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I was reading an interview with a guy called Carl Sanders today, um, and the article was on Huffington Post called The Dark Side of Dating Apps. And he basically created the app Mister because of like his experiences on apps like Grindr, Scruff. He basically said he created the app because of the language people use and that he felt a lot of apps weren't being held accountable or doing enough to combat like discrimination. We'll go into that a little bit more later. But one thing that I, th in the interview, that sort of relates to this, which I feel is interesting in the terms of like us using the apps. I don't know about you, but it, it's really validating, I think, or it was, especially when it, you get like a notification and it's not so much a personal thing. Like this is on, what I'm thinking of like is Scruff in particular, you get like woofed at. Um, and it's you just, get like- uh, It's just someone that just tap on your profile basically and you get some kind of yeah, it's basically saying like, hi, or like, I'm oh, yeah. interested in you, but without like, a personal greeting. So it's basically kind of a notification saying, this person's looked at you and they found you attractive. And he said in this interview, the brief validation that apps give are a tonic for what many of us who've never had authentic validation growing up, or who were told we should be ashamed of our feelings and attraction. Which I think is really interesting, especially with what we were saying about that idea of in the teenage years or early years of exploring your sexuality yeah. it might not even be so much at, like you're on the app or website to meet people as much as it is to talk to people yeah um and get that sort of quick hit of validation whether that's good or bad i'm not sure um yeah it's really it's really obvious when you go on these apps to see there are certain types of people that as 
as you said, that are popular on that app, mm. that have like, you've seen, I've put like effort into the profile, I've mastered like the picture thing that know the angles. It's the front of the shop. I literally remember going on apps out of boredom and people being like, hey, what are you up to? And literally saying to people, window shopping. Have you ever had any like bad experiences? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's always that thing with the apps because obviously a lot of people are using it to find sex. Whatever the app is, good proportion of the time is spent like getting sexual propositions. Yeah, it's almost like uh, foreplay. Like. Yeah, absolutely. But it happens that some people use that only like uh, just to get themselves excited or like, but never with the intention to actually conclude. Mm. As well, some people have multiple conversations at the same time and trying to get one to actually end up with sex. Mm. It's kind of like spinning plates. Basically, you want to have sex in the next three hours and you have alternative A, B, C, D. There might be uh, 50% of them that will fall apart anyway. So you're always playing that game when you're like trying to get one right to the end. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of like, like you're throwing a net and pulling it in. Some are going to get away, Absolutely. some you're not bothered about. Like... Yeah, and you can feel when one you're doing that and you feel like you're being done that too when some when you're just maybe an alternative that's quite weird and yeah there is that sad thing to like getting prepared and being almost ready to go or being out and actually having someone not reply to you anymore when, yeah when they have to give you like the code of like the the flat or oh, whatever yeah sometimes it's not uh we're gonna talk later about like kind of manners but that's kind of Everyone's worst experience, I guess, that happened. But I have a really funny worst experience. Okay, cool. Um, one, I, I used to be on that dating website, but it was, oh, it was like 2008, nine. Mm -hmm. My profile, I was really obsessed by, by Lady Gaga. And I used to say, like, it was my opening line or something like that. Hi, uh, I'm obsessed with Lady Gaga. How are you? <laughs> oh and some guy directly blocked me saying, I'm not interested <laughs> of someone that has only that to say and blocked me and I was fuming. <laughs> I remember trying to, to really get him funny. to block me just so I could argue. <laughs> but no, I get why he blocked me. I would have done the same. Yeah, I would have done the same. Uh, do you have any uh, worst experience? Like um, that? I've probably had so many. I think the worst, and that's one of the things we noted down, is like, <clears throat> when people have well, maybe not mm. fake pictures but very misleading pictures I feel like when I've been on apps I've always like accurately represented myself I mean the picture might be flattering but it doesn't literally not look like me like, I remember having someone come round to hook up and they were really like they seemed really hot on the app but then when they got there it literally looked like a different person and I remember being like I'm I'm really sorry but you, like I, I'm not into this like you're gonna have to leave um, and they were so offended that's sad on their part but if you're gonna lie to me about how you look it's I, not I don't about, even know I don't think it's even about like finding I'm, people ugly it's just about having someone blatantly <coughs> lied and not mark of disrespect. Yeah, I, I don't even think I necessarily found him really unattractive. Yeah. I can have sex with people I'm not attracted to. Yeah. Same. Um, <laughs> That's the only way I can. <laughs> it's that idea of them entering your space under false pretenses. Yeah, I know, right? 
it feels like an invasion, but that's happened like def- definitely more than once. It's just funny because um, when I met my boyfriend, I remember him telling me, oh, you actually look like your picture. And I found actually that he was as well looking like his picture. Was. So it's kind of like the first, the big compliment you can give each other when you meet, oh, you actually look like your picture. Yeah. As well, I don't want to be too negative. Like I had some mm-hmm. really good times on apps and I met my like current boyfriend on an app. But I think another one of the things that used to really annoy me about dating people on app, um, people asking on dates, how long have you been on Scruff for? <laughs> That's a weird question. Though. Yeah, it's a really weird question. But it like mm. I feel like a lot of people ask that, like especially when you're dating someone who's from an app. Well, it's a nice breaker as well. It's just a bit weird. I'm trying to think of like a really funny, bad experience that I've had. Uh, I, the, the funny ones are like uh, stumbling upon next profile on social, like on uh, uh, dating apps, yeah. stuff like that. I remember I had Thank my God for first... Hmm? Thank God for blocks. Uh, one of my first boyfriends that I thought was my boyfriend, but actually wasn't because <laughs> he was already in a relationship with, tom- with someone else. Like, uh, I have nothing against polyamorous, but everyone involved has to know <laughs> uh, yeah. that wasn't the case. And I was really young and uh, he was a bit older. And knowing that I was naive, insecure and everything, to make me believe I had a boyfriend. Anyway, mm. uh, he's dead now. Oh my god. Yeah, I know, right? And I know that he had other guys like me in his his harem. That was really... And I kept seeing, like, for a bit, a few years later, he was still alive. I saw his profile up with, like, the same pictures, like, the same punchlines and stuff. Jesus. I think this is probably my worst experience. I remember, I think I was out wasted on a night out and, like, was feeling myself. And got talking to this guy and he was like, oh, me and my friend want to have a three-way. And I was like, yeah, I'm super down for that. Call me a taxi. This is like before Uber. The guy was like, I can't send you a picture of my friend because he's a teacher. And I was like, what? That's weird. (laughs) But I went anyway. I mean, that's a massive red flag. I shouldn't have done that. I went and then everything was fine. And they were like quite normal. But then they started... (laughs) One of them like pulled out coke Mm -hmm. and put a line on his dick (laughs) and was like, do you want some? And I was like, I think I'm going to need to go. (laughs) It's getting really late and I can see the sun come up. And I was just, I didn't even know what to say. But they were older. I feel like a lot of older men take advantage of younger men, especially yes. on apps. Thank God I was in a right state of mind. They could have been yeah. up to anything. I was like, no, I'm really sorry, but I'm not into that. And it kind of like, you know, when you have those things that instantly sober you up and I was like, I need to leave. I need to make a good life decision because this is a bad one. <laughs> like, oh so I, have, <laughs> I think that's probably my worst experience. I have an anecdote by someone I know. They had booked basically a ticket appointment with them. That person that I know showed up to that guy's uh, flat. The guy opened the door, told him blank, I'm just out of the dentist. I cannot do anything with you tonight. Come in. Showing him his teeth by, yeah, I know, right? So wait, that person I know went in saying like, whatever, just came on the way here. Maybe there still might be some option to do something. Uh, but they end up watching some kind of psychic show on TV. <laughs> and the guy really wanted to call the psychic on TV. He had to watch him actually try to call Dacho and say, I know the psychic that's there. She will, she will remember me. Don't worry. Just tell it's me. How weird. Yeah. What do you think about like the way people talk on apps? Because I think 
they kind of do dehumanize people. And I think even I'm probably guilty of this myself. There's a massive lack of respect on apps, I feel like. It's okay to say that you're not into someone, but it's not okay to be like fucking rude, basically. Yeah. And on the other way around as well, I've spoken to people, you know, where it's like, hi, one hour later, hi, two hours later, hi. And like, very my approach on the apps was like, if I'm not interested, I'm just not gonna respond. I don't wanna upset people. I'm not on there, well, I wasn't on there to like talk to people. I was there to either find a date or find a hookup. This isn't Scruff's best friend race. I had it where like I've, I've not responded and people have went off. There's one guy in particular who lives in Manchester. I'm not gonna name him. Mm-hmm. Plenty of people I've spoke to him about and he's harassed people before oh for not God. responding to them on apps. Um, and about like vile stuff. Horrendous. Um, but I think it's part of that, especially for people who are really popular on these apps, that constant validation kind of can give people the license to be an arsehole. Yeah. Yeah, I wondered if you had any experience yeah. of that. Well, on that fetish app, since it's sexual oriented, people feel like they have the right to talk to you in a really rude way. For example, uh, your bottom, which I might happen to be, uh, <laughs> You hashtag get, bottoms up podcast hashtag bottoms up podcast subscribe on itunes and stitcher guys <laughs> Buy up. um when you're bottom on a fetish app people come to you and spit vile stuff at you like hey dirty slut i want to see your mm-hmm, wide Jesus. open and put my how do you feel about that or it can be fun and lols sometimes it's really rude there is a fine line that's maybe not that fine, actually. That's taking aggressive message into another level. Or sometimes just really weird. Oh, what are you wearing like right now? Send me right now a pic that way or that way or that way. Which is a bit weird because I think Dirty Talk is really nice. But... Hello's nice first. <laughs> Hello's nice first. And when you talk to strangers, make sure you're not weird as fuck <laughs> i don't know i feel like on those regular apps you can get weirder than but there it takes another, another turn which is we can can get quite upsetting especially i think that really segues into what we were going to talk about next the line between being disrespectful and being dis- discriminatory so we all know that like no fats no femmes no asians Blacks. Well, we don't all know because I think a lot of people that are listening have no idea about Latin like discrimination yeah. thing that is happening every day. In, in Especially the straight people. Like I've not. I mean, I've, I'm not straight. Same. And um, and I've never been on a straight app. Never Same, will I be swear. on a straight app. Don't follow straight people on Instagram. <laughs> but I've never heard of the same sort of language that's used on people's profiles, not even in messages, on people's profiles, proud proudly saying that they don't want to date a black person or they don't want to date mm-hmm. someone who's of a certain size or yeah. is of a certain class. And I mean some of it's veiled and some of it you're basically saying on your profile you're a white supremacist yeah a lot of people write on their profile no fats no femmes no asians yeah it's extremely toxic and especially you can feel internalized homophobia yeah definitely like there's the whole culture of like mask for mask straight acting yeah mask for mask is another thing i want a man's man if you're camp then i'm not interested oh my god i saw that the other day as someone on their profile so it's on um it's on that fetish app. Girl, if there's the slightest hint of femme, please ignore my profile, then swipe to the next. Of course, my femme is different to your femme. I don't want to offend. It's discrimination that is disguised as a preference. 
Yeah, definitely. I would 100% agree. That's because, one, we live in a sexy society that says that being a woman is degrading. Yeah. Uh, I, I was talking the other way. Do with... you know? A <laughs> girl's dressed like a boy. It's fine. Because you think being a woman's great. Sorry. That's, just... that's Charlotte Kensborough voice, right? I think so. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, uh, and I was talking to someone a few weeks ago. They were talking about some sub fetish right. play. And there is a thing called sissy play that's linked to humiliation, like treating a sub like a woman. Right. And I remember just saying directly, oh, I'm not interested because I don't think being a woman is degrading or humiliating. Uh, what? So you were having this discussion with someone on an app? No, no, in real life. Oh, right, okay. But about subbing and stuff. Right, okay. Some guys get turned on of, by... They like to be humiliated, get turned right. on by being treated as a woman, like they say. So that's really but interesting. But what, huh? what does that mean? By so like... they wear, they wear uh, women's underwear. Right, okay. Or his and stuff like that. And they get subbed and humiliated yeah. that way. Don't you think that those air quotes preferences are rooted... <laughs> in uh, the way porn is being presented to us because part of how we construct our sexuality as gay men is through porn yeah because that's the first access we have to our sexuality yeah ethnicities are presented as kinks and categories on the gay porn website so if it's anyone other than two white people like it's it's interracial porn exactly it's interracial or it's black or it's asian twink or it's Mm. things like that and all the rest you can be sure 100% will be to white guys. The discrimination that you see on apps is definitely n- indicative of like not even just the gay community or like the LGBTQ yeah. people's community, it's relative of society. And that's the problem that we cannot unconstruct that easily enough. It's like a known thing that when black gay men are on app, they get fetishized. Yes. So it's like people who are, oh, I'm really into you, or like, oh, you're really hot for X guy. Yeah. Like I remember hooking up with someone and then maybe messaging like, a day later, oh yeah, I don't really go for big guys, but you, like, I had a really good time. People need to realise that stuff like that isn't acceptable. I can't remember ever being like that. Another thing as well, I don't think people talk about as much as, like, classism on apps. The amount of people who, like, one of their first opening questions, I remember when I was on apps, would be, what do you do? Or they're, like, in their bio or looking for section, it would say things like, I like men with, like, good jobs, or... And you can see with the language as well. Yeah. The way people present themselves and talk about themselves and talk to other people. There's a lot of violence done to working class just by the language used by middle class. Yeah. Like I remember when I was on apps and people would say, what do you do? I'd be like, it's none of your fucking business. Yeah. And like that was yeah. a real red flag to me coming from a working class background. Because I know that that's a loaded question. When you ask me what I do, when you're on an app where you're either there to have sex or try and form some sort of relationship, asking what people do, it's pointed. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're looking for an answer. You're looking to know whether that person lives the same kind of lifestyle as you or like wants the same sort of things. And I get it. If you've got a good job and you've got, if you've got a job where you're paid a lot of money, if you're only gonna date other people or like sleep with other people that have got money, then I'd rather, you make you let that be known because I'm not interested in you. If yeah, you that's very interesting. What kind of question trigger that kind of reaction? Knowing that, for example, you're really sensitive to classism. Yeah. Or for example, I've I've always when I was on those uh, apps, I was studying. I was in high school in Switzerland. There is a form of like classism in the way that 
people that consider smart and skilled go to high school and then the yeah, other I ones go to that kind of school yeah, then yeah, the other yeah. one goes go to that kind of school so I was part of that level there so I've never been triggered by that question because I've never been sensitive to that yeah there a lot of other questions that triggered me but uh, that's really interesting to see that I wasn't aware of that mm. uh, bias before I feel like if I was to be on apps now, I wouldn't be like, no fats, no femmes, no Asians. It'd be like, no estate agents, no landlords, no bankers, <laughs> no Tories. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, that's a 2018 version of that. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you this question. Do you think these apps platform bigotry? Like that guy who made Mr. He made that app. So it's like a terms and conditions that people sign up to that basically says, don't be an arsehole mm. to people. Like you can't be an arsehole. He wanted to make it very clear to people that this is a respectful space. And if someone is being a prick, there's an effective means of reporting that. Because mm. I can't remember ever seeing, maybe there's something that you scroll through and press yes to on like Scruff and Grinder and mm. things like that. And obviously things have changed, but I can't ever remember seeing an app that made it very visible that that behavior wasn't okay yeah. and wasn't just something that you could just block them. I mean, there are structures on apps that allow bigotry. And that's the other way around that what you've asked. I can see a lot of base in apps. For example, when you have those mm. most viewed, most message, it creates like hierarchy. a hierarchy yeah, yeah. and a cloud inside the app. I never even with thought of those that. people. Everything that it starts based, oh, you can search via preferences. You can search via ethnicity. You can search via size yeah, or weight. Was, there was an app recently that, that said it a lot. Like, I think it might have been in Scruff, there was a big, there was a lot of like controversy because they, their one of their updates let you search by race. And now Grindr allows you to, I think that's a controversy. Grindr allows you to, or makes you, not sure exactly, makes you, put, you have a space on your profile for your HIV status. Oh, and they had the thing where they shared the data with people. Yeah, it's either yes, no, rather not say, or something. But I think you, you have to put one of the options, right. which I feel was discriminatory because I think it didn't raise any discussion, was just allowing people to sort, to sort themselves basically. Yeah. And, uh, but didn't spark actually any discussion about uh, prevention, prep, whatever ways you would have to talk about HIV today. I think doing things like that and letting people sort themselves by race, it's kind of saying like, you're right, it is just a preference. To me, yeah. that's the message that that gives off. And it's kind Absolutely. of making that behavior acceptable, which I don't think it is acceptable at all. On um, the other side, we've spoke quite a bit about how negative, I think there yes. are a lot that is positive about them. Let me just run to the toilet. I really need to pee. I'm going to piss on my oh, bed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back in one minute. I think Tom's had prolapse. That's why he's had to run to the toilet, really. Hi, love. Hi, babe. So we've spoke about like our bad experience other than the apps or the funny experiences. Yes. On like the flip side, my current relationship has been going on for four years this November, came mm. from Scruff. We spoke on the app for about a year and then we added each other on Facebook and then yeah we met one day and I think it's easy to talk about the negative that these apps do because they do 
I feel like they do do a lot of negative things, but I think they are a really positive way of bringing people together. I sometimes really struggle with like social anxiety and like talking to new people. I mean, I'm sure I have, but off the top of my head, I, I can only ever remember like approaching someone. I can only ever remember doing that once. But yeah, so like boyfriend now, we're in a very happy relationship. But yeah, that's a really good thing that have come out of apps. I know people who've married. Absolutely. And yeah, and for my part as well, having met my boyfriend on there, mine is a bit more about sexuality as well because of that fetish side, but it's been a great way to explore things that yeah. I wouldn't be able to explore otherwise. Yeah, maybe these apps have like a lot of bad about them and there's things that can change, but I think that's reflective of society and not yeah. what its, intend it, its intended use is, which is to bring people together. Sometimes I kind of miss being on apps. I, th I really think there should be a gay app for making friends because it's so like how do you make friends i don't know it's yeah, really hard. yeah a bit sad that all those all the social gay stuff is more oriented about actually romantic relationships or sex the friends part is overlooked a lot hmm. yeah definitely i was thinking about this today when i was thinking about the what we were going to talk about and do you think the same reason for why gay bars began do you think that's why the, the gay sexuality and technology has sort of progressed faster than straight people? Because I remember not yes. even that long ago, in maybe even in 2013, until Tinder came along, yeah. all of my straight friends would be like, oh my God, you're going to meet a guy off an app? What? I know, right? Um, it was like completely yeah. unheard of, for straight people Absolutely. anyway. And I was Absolutely. like, gays have been doing this for years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I think you're totally right on that. Gay people have been developing that way before the straight. Yeah. And I think part of that is, again, because... Because we don't have any other choice. Yeah. It must be really nice for people who are, like, isolated from gay spaces to have such an accessible means of, yeah. of talking to other gay people, even if it is just talking. Or I remember when I, me and my first boyfriend broke up and I had a Blackberry and Grindr wasn't available on Blackberries. So I had to like desperately, I scoured the internet because my friend was like, oh, I've got a Blackberry and I've got Grinder. I found it on like a beta on some forum. <laughs> and I had to like desperately scour the internet for this like budget beta version of Grinder. It was like oh, the fourth version of it. Yeah, funny. Incredible. Iconic. Do you think all these apps are the same? I think that they, yes. I think they are. I but think... they all have those specificity either in the way they work. Some let you see who visits your profile, some yeah. don't. I mean, I don't know how much they've changed since I was on them, but I think unless there's like a specific reason that you're on there, so if it's like a daddy hun or recon, yeah. where you're like into some sort of fetish or if you're on Squirt and it's like specifically to cruise, un unless there's some sort of element of a specific sexual fetish while you're on the app, yeah. I think pretty much every one of them's the same. So what would be your perfect app? Did, is there any thing? We live in a society that's like classist, sexist, ableist, homophobic, racist. The demographic of people on apps reflects society. So I don't think that ever, mm -hmm. I don't think there ever will be an app where people won't rub you the wrong way. Yeah, but that's the nature of the world. You're never going to go out in the world and love everyone. Totally agree. Um, I think it, it was really interesting reading that article with Mister. I mean, I, I, I don't think I ever used that app 
it's nice that there's people out there that are trying to like make positive yeah. change and that recognize that it's a problem. I, I, I'm not really sure of what apps are like outside of ones that are targeted at yeah. gay men. So I don't know if, I wonder, it'd be interesting to find out if lesbian apps have the same sort of oh, yeah. issues. Do Grindr allow women? Do Grindr, or Michelle Visage is on Grindr. So is that for gay Grindr men, is women and for gay pe- non-binary for gay people? It is exclusively for, for gay men, right? I think there must be specific social right. media for other cases. That's interesting. Maybe it's something yeah. we could research. The part about discrimination within the gay com- the wider gay community, I think we could, could do with its own episode. But Absolutely. I think without speaking, trying to speak on behalf of people, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Yes, indeed. If you have any experience, as said, uh, that you want to share with us, that you have been that. Yeah, something that made you think about something you lived. Yeah. Uh, don't hesitate to write to us. Yeah, um, email us and drop us a DM. Should we go through our ads at the end? Yes. Cool. Do you have any recommendation for this week? Yeah, I've been meaning to recommend this one. Um, it's a... Is it Making Gay Story? Oh, <laughs> shut up. But no, it's another podcast. Podcast run by my friend from work, Eleanor, and their friend, Joe... Um, they talk about what's called Lady Killers. Um, they are on SoundCloud, Lady Killers Pod. They're on Twitter, Lady Killers Pod. Um, I don't know if they're on Instagram, but they're definitely they're on Facebook as Lady Killers Pod as well. And they're on iTunes and SoundCloud. That's where you can listen oh, to great. it. I'll read out their like bio on SoundCloud. Yes, please. A podcast about, about Lady Killers, women who kill and how we talk about them. But yeah, it's a really cool podcast. Um, Amazing. I've like learned a lot from it and they talk a lot about how women who kill are spoken about um, in mm. like the public and the media. Um, they did a really interesting episode on the Manson women and they did a, a murderer who was non-binary a few episodes ago, Pablo Gomez Jr. But yeah, their podcast is really good and we should have them as guests. We should have a crossover. But yeah, that's my recommendation for the week. The podcast is really good. It's really like digestible. It's really well researched. Um, go and listen to them. They're Lady Killers pod on pretty much everything. Can't wait to try. Um, How about you? So my recommendation is really, that's funny because it's quite in a way similar to yours. So is it Lady Killers podcast? No, it's making a history. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> no, it's um, uh, so I work for a fashion website, and we were just, and we were just out of two days of having really young brand called Art School doing uh, what we call a live studio in our space in London. They turned our space into their studio, and the whole thing was live streamed on a website. And uh, they are a duo of non-binary young designers in their 20s. Basically, that project, that live studio kickstarts a queer project that we have uh, on our website for the next few months. Before starting uh, that live studio, I was a bit fearing that queer project wouldn't be handled properly. But that actually, that live studio that uh, they did was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it looked really cool. Uh, They took over the space with... uh, friends, collaborators, uh, models that uh, they brought there and they spent two wild days making a fabulous dress. Uh, the two designers who are called Eden and Tom were absolutely lovely. 
so the whole thing a podcast. Oh yeah, I should yeah, ask them. Ask them to come on this guy. I should ask them. They had like they had interviews every day where they were talking about their practice, mm-hmm. uh, their activism. Because not only they are non-binary, but their design, they work a lot around the trans body, around okay. uh, their design for queer people, and it felt so refreshing how they how they live. See, Burberry did a show that used LGBTQ community a few months ago, mm. where there were rainbow flags applied to everything in the collection and stuff, but no queer models walking. It felt a bit appropriative, even if the yeah. design was gay or whatever. Anyway, Tom and Eden were there and spoke candidly about everything, gen- gender, uh, identity, politics, and first refreshing and the whole thing was live stream on the internet and we talked a lot in this episode about isolation and being a gay teenager and not knowing mm. anyone queer and I ended last night with uh, a rave they were blasting music and all their friends and models were there and everyone was was uh, queer and dancing and it felt like a safe space and a free space it was really emotional to be thinking that probably those people that were at home uh, probably in a village somewhere mm. uh, where they didn't know any queer people, and I could see that someone was leaving that somewhere. And felt it felt so important that they could give that platform, they could have that platform to to show that to the world in a way. Mm, that's really nice. It felt really emotional. So I couldn't recommend more to everyone to look up Askel to follow them on Instagram. So what's their to buy the product? What's their app? It's at uh, Art School London. Just Google Instagram at School London, you'll find them. Yeah, it's at school one word underscore London. Are these videos still on the website or? No, the videos are on the website. I'll put a link once we will put up the videos. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I got to see like briefly some of the interviews, but not all of them. I'd like to see them. Cool. Uh, so yeah, that was my recommendation. And it felt, yeah, if I, and I felt a bit jealous because when I was a teenager, I would have loved to have seen that. Mm, I think I spend like a lot of my time, especially now being so like happily gay and being so like comfortable being part of the queer community. I wish that had happened a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, but. But no, it's there, hey, and um, I'm glad other people can enjoy it and people can grow up watching yeah. that. So um, yeah, that was my recommendation for this week. You know what? Someone suggested that we go on an app for a week and find out like we both pick an app and go in it for a week and just look at like the messages that we get God, which I think could be that. really interesting let's do that and we can talk about that doing goodies goodies next week yeah okay right that's a really good idea okay, okay. Um, so everyone thanks for listening we've finally figured out how to look at our iTunes stats and we're pleasantly surprised but we I think we've only got one review so far so please Subscribe. rate like review on whatever you um, follow us, listen to us on, send us emails, slide into our DMs, Same like us on Instagram. Instagram. Um, everything that we're on, we're on as BTMS Up Podcast. So that's our app on Twitter, SoundCloud, mm. Instagram. If you want to email us, it's BTMS Up Podcast at gmail.com. You haven't got any emails, you haven't got any news. So Make that happen for next week, please. I think what I'm going to do, and I'll probably put it on our Instagram, maybe on my day off tomorrow, is make us like a curious cat. 
So oh, yeah, people yeah, can leave yeah. anonymous stuff. I hope you enjoyed us talking about apps. If you want to tell us about apps, your experiences on them, let us know. And maybe we'll read them out. Well, bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.